Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations podcast, episode 16. My name is Lindsay Doe. I'm a clinical sexologist, doctor of human sexuality, host of YouTube show Sexplanations, and a huge fan of comedy. I'm a huge fan of Michael Beers, actually, the co-host for today's episode on the always entertaining topic of dry humping. (laughs) First, let's do some positive gossip about each other. I want to tell people about you, and then we'll switch off, and you can tell people about me. Okay. If I leave anything out, or if I say something that's incorrect, just chime yeah, in. Okay, here's what I have. Michael is a leader in the comedy scene here in Missoula. He's exceptionally funny and kind, bringing local, national, and international issues to the stage in ways that have personally opened my mind and changed the ways that I think. He's handsome, charming, and really active in the community, specifically improving the lives of people with disabilities and students at large. Um, yeah, spot on. I, mean, I, do, <laughs> I do all those things all day long, just <laughs> 24-7. I'm leaving things out, though. Um, no, I mean, you've exaggerated quite a bit. <laughs> and in fact, I think half of those things are John Howard, but, uh, <laughs> but happy to happy to take it. <laughs> he did the second episode. Did he? Yeah. Nice. Oh, this Explanations podcast. Um, so people know who he is when you mm. make that reference. Yeah. Oh, nice. We were just talking before we started recording about bass. Yes. And I don't think I mentioned that. Can you? Okay. Elaborate on bass. So yeah. bass is a kind of a culmination of a lot of the things you just mentioned. It is a community center um, in the warehouse mall here in Missoula. And it's a beautiful location. The The building itself is the warehouse mall that you know was the the warehouse for the original Missoula Mercantile, so it's all 1880s original wood. Uh, very inviting, and the reason it's called base is very much based on any children's game, you specifically tag um, anybody, <laughs> and it, it seems to be fairly universal. But even when I watch my nieces play, if you if you make up a game, the first thing you do is establish, well, where is base? And base universally means if my hand is here on this spot that we've designated, you cannot mess with me. No matter how weird the game gets, no matter how overwhelmed I feel, if I'm in this place, I can take a breath. I can look at the game around me. I can make a plan. I can get energy. But I can't stay here. I always have to take what I've gotten and received and go back to the game. But my ability to come back is infinite. I can always come back, but I can never stay. Oh, Michael, uh, this is so beautiful. So, uh, so wouldn't it be nice as a young adult um, or an adult or um, a person of any age to have a place like that in the community where you can go and be a teacher and a student and be a part of community yeah um and it really stemmed it is a program of summit independent living center um so we're not our own nonprofit, and summit you know seeks to very simply you know uh, operates on the idea that everyone has a future and specifically Mm. people with disabilities uh but under our federal mandate we summit itself serves primarily people with disabilities but with base we wanted to create an environment where we served all ages and abilities. And instead of telling an individual in high school or of any age with a disability, uh, a parent or non-apparent, you know, you should be a part of your community. You should be a part of Missoula. 
You should live independently. We wanted to exemplify that and, and provide a space where, you know, it's hard to tell people to be a part of a community when you only provide services for people with disabilities. So um, at base, we collaborate a lot with Missoula's homegrown comedy. So the space is run by myself and comics volunteering. John mm. and I, um, we, were, we were able to bring John in in the last year. So we provide improv uh, classes on Thursdays that are for everyone and art classes and poetry classes and video game night. Um, when are you going to have sex ed? Um, well, I uh, <laughs> you have been on my list to call Lindsay for a long time uh, because that is something that overwhelmingly, you know, when you talk to young people with disabilities of all kinds, whether it be physical or, or non-apparent, that's their barrier is, is social mm -hmm. um, and community. They want a sense of community. But once you get past that and they get comfortable – they they skirt around it, you know. They say, "Well, you know, what do you want?" And they're like, "Well, I want friendship." Um, and you say, "Well, okay, but like, what kind of friendship?" And like, "Well, somebody really close." And like, and they go, "You have to push them." And eventually, oh, you want to get laid? And like, and like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of. Um, and for parents, um, even in the community, they've approached us to say, "I have a, a son or daughter um, or a child." And they've been a part of all these programs, but they've either aged out or they have nothing. They don't address sexuality at all. Right. But my 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 child has a partner now, and you know they're exploring these things, mm -hmm. and you know they they feel pretty lost. So um, I don't feel comfortable uh, providing that, but I do think, uh, given where our bubbles overlap in this community that if we sat down together, we could find something pretty cool to offer. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Let's, so. let's do that. I so, yeah, put that on the list. I absolutely love that. Yeah. You probably know this, but mm. working with people who have disabilities, specifically around their sexualities, is one of my greatest passions. Yeah. And I, oh, gosh, I would love that. Um, okay, so that's base. Yeah. And the concept behind it is beautiful. Yeah, we like it. Oh, we have, to, oh, I'm we so have way too much fun. We have to get you down to the space. Okay. Um, Thursday. Thursday is our is our busiest day. We have a uh, video game night from two to six, so it's just open gym for video game night, and we have like systems going back to like Atari and on up, uh, and it's just a, a great venue. Um, and then after that, from six thirty to eight, we do improv for the community. So, do you have lemmings? Lemmings? Yeah. Do you remember that video game? Uh, oh, yes, I do. We do not. Not that I know of. We have we have hundreds of video games. We might. Okay. And then well, improv afterward. Yeah, but people are welcome to bring their own video games, too. So if you have it, like, come down. <laughs> bring Lemmings. Sex bring, education. <laughs> yeah. Let's, are we running fun. this? Okay. It's a podcast. We'll listen later. <laughs> okay. That sounds so do. fun. I want to talk to you more about dry humbing. But before we do that, um, do, oh, first of all, do you want to try doing a bio of me? A bio of you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can try to do a bio of you. Okay. Um, Lindsay Dell, a prominent Missoula community member and teacher at the University of Montana, as well as private counselor. 
um, and therapist in sexuality, star and creator of Sexplanations, um, one of the greatest things to ever happen to YouTube or the internet at large. <laughs> um, and uh, a really big fan of comedy and huge supporter uh, and, and a great laugh uh, is something that... Uh, not only I have noticed, but a lot of comics. Uh, yes, you have a great laugh. It's always great to see you. Aww. I love all of you. I love going <laughs> to show. your shows. It's yeah. <laughs> wonderful. That was really accurate. I am not teaching at the university anymore, though. Oh, I really? get to do this full time, which oh, is wonderful. Very cool. Yeah, it's good. I myself left the university. So. High five yeah. to us. <laughs> Let's be done with that. Yeah. So... I do want to talk about dry humping with you, mm -hmm. but first, a thank you to those who have gone to patreon.com slash explanations podcast and support what we're doing here, especially Laura Schuster, Paul Nixon, Donna Flint, Maddie O'Sullivan, and the Millers who are pledged at the boss level. Each week on this explanations podcast, we do a multiple choice question in their honor. Dr. Doe is holding testes. She's holding testes. I'm going to read a list of words that are alternatives for which of the following kinds of outer course. So oh. outer course being another name for dry humping. Uh -huh. A, for moral sex. B, mammary sex. C, gluteal sex. And D, digital sex. So if you're not familiar uh, with the roots of those words, you have femoral which yeah. is referring to the femur or a penetrative object between the thighs. Yeah. Mammary would be the breasts. Yeah. Gluteal would be the butt cheeks, and digital would be the fingers. Oh, okay. So here are the terms. Yeah. Bombay roll, bunny rub, <laughs> diddy ride, Dutch fuck, French fuck, fuck a brisket, <laughs> and titch. Diddy Roll sounds um, like a hip-hop album from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Boy Records presents Diddy Roll. So which one do you think it is? Um, so you're going to take yeah. that list. Yeah. And then all of those Match are referring to the same type. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. all of those are synonyms for... for which of the first four options. Oh, okay. Thighs. Breasts, butt, fingers. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say breasts. Good job. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Right. Memories. Yeah. Nice. Good job. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm not good at digital. You're not good at digital? I'm like 90%. What would make you think that you're not good at digital? Well, because, uh, well, it's just in reference to fingers, I'm lacking. You're lacking. I'm, I'm missing one, so. You're missing a finger. Okay, yeah. so they can't see you. Yeah. Oh, that's like true. This is a podcast. You. It's a podcast. Oh. So explain wow. what you're referring to. Oh, so I was I was born with a, a one thumb, so I don't have a, a ten digits. You were born with one thumb yes. on one hand. On, yeah. So I was born with my left thumb, but not my right thumb. And there is a thing that looks very much like a thumb, um, but it is in fact my index finger. Because uh, the doctors knew at a very young age that coffee cups would be a big part of my life. and So they made your index to, finger yeah. work like a thumb. Yeah. So I could hold coffee. That was so considerate of them. You know, I appreciate it. Have uh, you ever sent them a coffee cup that says best doctor ever? No, that's a, that's a really good idea. And I, I will say on this podcast, I will absolutely do that. 
knowing full well that it will never be done. Um, <laughs> so, a interesting story, though. Uh, very quickly, I know we're showing them. Um, I have a biological brother um, who I met much later in life. Um, I think I was twelve, and he he was um, six at the time. He was born with two thumbs on his on his right hand. Really? Yeah. Son of yeah. Just, he stole your thumb. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> we, yeah, like so. Yeah, but, you two didn't know this about one another it, until you were preteen. Yeah, and so because I I didn't meet my birth family until I was my birth father until I was twelve, and upon calling my birth mother, like she explained a lot of the things you mentioned at the beginning. You know, funny, charming, community <laughs> leader, and all that. But then she said, because um, I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, she mentioned, oh, he was born without a thumb. And he said, I know where it is. <laughs> and she hasn't seen this guy since uh, conception, uh-huh. you know, the blessed conception. And so she kind of brushed it off as, you know, and my, my birth family is also from Browning. So Browning, Montana, which is a Blackfeet reservation. So she kind of brushed it off as, you know, reservation voodoo or, you know, maybe he's just, you know, he's, he's gone places in his life or. So, but he kept insisting that, yes, I know where Michael's thumb is. And that's when she said, Mark, okay, where is it? And my brother Jesse was born with two thumbs on his right hand. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was was tough. It took us a few years. I really hated him. (laughs) Because you have siblings take your toys and, like, your clothes, (laughs) and and it seems like a big deal. But to, like, have a digit taken... um, I did convince him he was young enough to be very uh, impressionable. So I did, because they cut his off. They cut one off. Oh. Um, so I convinced him that they cut his off. And every time that he's achieved anything in his life, be it basketball or music, that a part of that credit goes to me. Um, <laughs> I get what you're saying. <laughs> so his second thumb is actually your thumb. Yeah. And his... Yeah. Third thumb has been removed. It has been removed. Um, even as far as the, now that he's, when he got into, now that he's much older, in reference to, you know, dry humping or mammary with a partner, I, I take a little, I call him up. I was like, hey, how was last night? I felt that viscerally. <laughs> oh, no! So, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's. So evil. And it is. I'm not. I'm not the person you described. That that's not true. We're all complicated. You're mm-hmm. all of those things and more. So tell me about dry humping in your life. And dry humping in my life, or in other people's lives, um, like your brothers. Uh, dry humping in my life. I I think I've dry. I, I've done more dry humping uh, post high school than I did in high school. And I think uh, in the subject of dry humping, it's usually. You know, part of that progression of adolescence, like you get, you know, those benchmarks. Um, yeah, coming in your pants. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I've, uh, but I think I've been in, in relationships in uh, recent years, uh, going back two or three, where dry humping was a was a part of it, was a big part of it for various reasons. And it can be fun. And I'm excited at the timing. I just got back from Burning Man. So I was camping in the deserts of northern Nevada with... 70,000 of my closest friends. Hmm. Uh, very hot, very dry climate. Um, I'm worried that I'm getting sand all over your couch. But yeah, I did a fair amount of dry humping there. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of the environment that we were in. Um, 
Everything was dry. Yeah. Do you like dry humping? Do you feel like it's part of the whole meal that tastes just as delicious? Or do you feel like it's just an appetizer building up to something bigger? No, I really enjoy dry humping. I'm with a a partner right now who, for various, uh, yeah, I think the first six months of our relationship was we were kind of limited to dry humping because it was a... um, my first adventure in polyamorism mm. and we were very much into each other but it was they were with a partner and had been for a long time so i was the addition to that that the relationship and Fun. yeah a learning experience definitely for me i was very aware of how i felt about the person and and knowing that i wanted to pursue a a relationship with them mm. and this was a variable um, that I'd never encountered before, but, you know, and really wanted to learn about. But the intimacy came with, you know, it wasn't just a, you and another person. It was you and another person and and their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a progression. It was, a, okay, this is what we're comfortable with. And we've talked about when we, you hang out with that other person. And so, yeah, for a while it was it was a lot of dry humping. <laughs> That sounds super hot. Um, and it was. There was an added knowing that you could only go so far, you know, made it. Because I think, uh, you know, as we said, as you get older, it's not something, you know, you, I think most people associate with adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't associate oh, dry totally. humping with adulthood. So you don't spend a lot of time being creative or enjoying it. Mm-hmm. But it's when it's as far as you can go. You know, it forces you to be creative and really enjoy that process, knowing that you're not going to, it's not going to go into, you know, nobody's taking their clothes off and you're not going to, you know, have that intercourse or the foreplay. Um, yeah, we've, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> it's also safer. Yeah, it's absolutely. You're not having to worry about as many sexually transmitted infections or... Unintended pregnancy. Yeah. I mean, barring like zippers and, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and things like that and strange knots in your clothes. Yeah, it's they're much safer. So do you have pro tips? I don't know. Just taking your time and enjoying being in the moment. That's kind of a, an overused phrase a lot of times. But I did just come from Burning Man. So <laughs> just be in the moment. It's your journey. Like however, however you want to dry hump, I can't tell you how to dry hump. <laughs> Like my dry hump isn't your dry hump, um, but yeah, you know, uh, an experiment with clothing. I think that's something I started to do was you can only go so far with the clothes on, but you know how many different kinds of fabrics exist <laughs> in the world, and what fabrics are feel better than other fabrics. So dry humping can be fun wherever, but you know, take you know, uh, put on a pair of. You know, silk pants or really soft uh, flannel or, yeah. um, you know, track pants. You know, get away from the denim. Corduroy, probably, you know, unless you're into small fires, probably stay away from corduroy. <laughs> um, but, again, if you're into it. So now we, we know we can make some judgments about people who wear pajama pants all the time. It's like, oh, they're just prepared for dry humping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're smart. They're yeah. not lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, a onesie. I wouldn't. I would. I haven't done that. That would be something I'd like to experiment with. Is like the dry humping in a onesie. Ooh, um, 
might be fun. Well, lots of onesies, though, have zippers. That's true. And they are kind of, yeah. Maybe you wear it backwards, like yeah. crisscross onesie. Yeah. I mean, Chris, unless you're humping backside. <laughs> anybody, any 90s kids that listen will laugh at that. They'll appreciate it. Yeah, they'll appreciate the 90s reference. I am thinking about dry humping examples in my own life, and one of them that comes up is as a receptive partner for a lot of the sexual behaviors I do, I'm just exhausted. Like, I don't want something in my vagina or my mouth or mm. my ass or, like, just, I I want to fuck something. Yeah. I want to be the one that's plowing and ramming and mm. more aggressive there because with a vagina, I have to have a govern on yeah. that kind of says, okay, you can only go so deep, otherwise you're going to puncture my cervix. Mm-hmm. And with the penetrative experience, I think there's so much more liberty to go all out. So I remember just asking a partner to roll over on his stomach and then I would hump his backside Mm -hmm. as if I had a dick or a dildo or whatever it Mm -hmm. was. I didn't need one. But just to have that humping, thrusting movement was such a turn on. Felt great. I highly recommend. I'll try. I'm going to try that. And it feels good for me, you know, depending on... Your partner's, uh, you know, if you have a penis, if you're on your stomach, you, you're still rubbing it on the floor. Um, Hopefully you're in bed, Michael. Or in bed uh, or something. Uh, futon. Yeah. We are a college town, so most likely it will be a futon. Um, like, oh, the boy. pain of humping a carpet. Uh, pain of humping a carpet. It's not that painful, actually. No? I mean, I know the episode is about dry humping, but I think uh, – those with of us with penises, um, if we're honest with each other, we all rubbed it on the floor when we were masturbating as a kid. Like, you know, whether it was the bed sheet or, you know, just laying on the floor. You, you never know when you're going to roll over or, like, shift, and you'll be like, oh, oh, okay. That feels nice. And then when you're a kid, you just keep doing it. Uh, I definitely got rubbed burn a couple times. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, I can never run for office after this podcast. I think you could. I think, I think it actually can. improves your chances. <laughs> well, yeah, because really anybody can run for office now, can't they? Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they told us when we were kids, is you can be president, too. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. yeah, here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Any other dry humping stories you have? Anecdotes? Anecdotes. I don't know. I think uh, we did, uh, you know, not just because of the amount of sand in the desert, but the lack of showers and cleanliness. That was definitely like second half of the week at Burning Hand. Dry humping was more practical because it was like you're camping for 10 days with no, you know, no way to clean yourself. A lot of baby wipes, but you're sharing porta potties and. You know, you're sweat. You know, you're sweating all day, and so yeah, it's just you know easier to to dry hump in the desert than it was to. You and know. you're a pro, so you. Yeah, I mean, it was you know it was very nostalgic for both of us because we haven't done it in a while. Did you get to teach any workshops to your um, seventy thousand friends? No, like, this no. is how to dry hump. No workshops. Um, that would be a good good. It's a good idea for next time. The 
only um, workshop we did was French toast. What's French toast? So, so our camp is there's nothing sexual in this. <laughs> it's like oh, like anybody could be anything could be sexual at Burning Man because it's your <laughs> but. No, there is no monetary, there's no exchange system there, except you can buy bags of ice. Everything else you have to bring or gift. Uh, it's a big gifting uh, culture. So our camp was Go French Yourself. Okay. So we were camp Go French Yourself, which meant in addition to us, every everybody in camp bringing what they needed to survive for a week, we also packed all of our vehicles full of bread, almond milk, and eggs. And every morning, whatever that meant for us, at morning, <laughs> um, we made French toast and, you know, by the loaf and just handed it out to everybody that walked by and invited people in. And, you know, their camps had different themes. So, you know, later in the day, we'd walk over there and we could get a drink or they'd have, you know, there was one that had frozen watermelon, which saved my life a couple of times. Um, but, yeah, so that was the that was the. That was the experience. That sounds um, magical. It is. It's really fun. We experimented with savory French toast, which uh, so we did uh, chili and bacon French toast. Ooh, it was very nice. Yeah. See, at the beginning, I wasn't sold on Burning Man, especially yeah. with the lack of hygiene. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hard for me. But there are the some, trading system is beautiful. There are some ways to do it. Uh, this year we camped. Um, this is my second time. The, uh, the but this year we were camped across from a sauna so these people brought a yurt and created a sauna which is very counterintuitive in a desert right um where it's 100 degrees and dry every day but you go in there for about 10 minutes and you're um this time i really experimented uh didn't make it with the orgy dome and didn't make it to the orgy dome but as far as like body comfort and being naked with a lot of other people around Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely pushed my boundaries more this time. So, like in the sauna, it was a completely naked environment, and you you'd get in there with you know ten other people, and you'd be in there for a few minutes, and the water you could spray, and you could soap a little bit. But then when you emerged out of this uh, this sauna into the desert, it felt like afternoon in November in Missoula. It was. <laughs> Um, and you were like, this is amazing. I can, I feel cleaner. Um, and they also had a, uh, um, uh, the last day I went through, uh, we were in the neighborhood at Burning Man. So a lot of our, uh, our neighbors, um, we were next to the big gay sheep, which was an art car that you could, that was a sheep and you could slide down the anus into the art car. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but they also had a lot of um, transgender and non-binary camps uh, mm. around us that, you know, experimented with. Uh, my partner uh, went through a rebirthing thing, so they crawled through a vagina. Wow. Um, and were met by people on the other side, you know, saying, hey, welcome to the world. You're beautiful and and Aww. things like that. Um, and they really did, like, the, the camps were... There was a lot of camps that really wanted you. And the whole experience is experimenting with gender and pushing those those boundaries that you, you know, hold yourself to or others do mm-hmm. um, anywhere else. Because it's not, it's commonplace to see, you know, men in skirts and men in, you know, experimenting with dress and being, right. you know, and the nakedness, which I think is a stereotype that a lot of people are aware of of Burning Man, but... 
the I think the body acceptance is what I I really like because everybody you know I, you know there's a lot of beautiful people, but in a town of seventy thousand, there's all different body types, and there's there doesn't seem to be any judgment on you know this is good, this is bad. It's you know you you know being able to be comfortable with what your body is around all of these other people. So those aspects were really cool. So I should go. Um, yeah, I think you should absolutely go. Everyone should go. Everybody. Not everyone. Not, not, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say everybody. You know, Bill Cosby probably shouldn't go. Would be one. It's off the top of my head. You probably shouldn't go anyway. That makes me sad when you say it because <laughs> I know how much you yeah. loved him before. Yeah. Um, I am starting that I still support the Huxtables campaign. Um, oh. Yeah, because it's not Rudy's fault. <laughs> no. Not, like, and I think that that show is really valuable in terms of teaching about diversity and lifestyle and people, morals. Absolutely. And Cosby, Cosby didn't even write that. He was just an actor. But yeah, my plan, uh, I've told people for a long time, if I have children, is not to teach them anything, but just to have the... Every episode of Cosby, <laughs> the Cosby on, show. Yeah, and as things come up, I will say, sit down. Here's the corresponding episode and life lesson that you need to learn right now. This and show we'll, is we'll going talk. to raise you. Yeah, we'll I'm talk. out. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> That's a clever idea. I feel like I was raised in part by the, the Huxtables. The yeah. They're a great family. So one more exciting interruption. This mm-hmm. one is for group Kegels. Main a kegel is when you clench mm-hmm. the pubic coccygeus muscles, the pelvic flooring in your body that prevents you from defecating and urinating. Mm-hmm. And it will improve your sex life. You can come, yeah, you don't come as quickly. Right. For or male, you can a lot of people aren't aware. I, I've educated many uh, a male counterpart on the fact that there are male kegels and Good penal for you. and anal kegels. Good for you. Um, yeah, I actually did a lot of them in the desert, not to constantly talk about it. Because uh, it's a big, you have to bike everywhere, uh-huh. and I'm not I'm not good with the biking. Uh, I miss that day. Uh, so my my buddy, uh, Sugar Slim is his name, uh, he he rigged the uh, a lawn chair, a foldable lawn chair, on the back of like a, a cart, like a, he took the cover off of like a kid's cart. Uh-huh. So he drug me around um, facing backwards in this lawn chair. So it was very much like I was sitting on the porch, but he was, you know, That's amazing. At, um, and it was amazing. And I, I told him, just like a moral support. I was like, I know, I appreciate all the physical effort you're doing to get me around Burning Man. Uh, and I want you to know that while you're pedaling, I'm doing kegels. <laughs> I just got done with a set of 10. Uh, just because I don't, you know, I want to experience that physical exhaustion oh as well. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> that was my solidarity moment. Way to work out. Way to work out. So let's let's do some of that. Fitbit. There's an idea. Kegel Fitbit. Kegel Fitbit. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Somebody okay. get on that. <laughs> Some, you know, In the yeah. meantime, what we're going to do is every time there's a moan, you'll clench your PC muscles, and relax them. Okay. And so I'm going to insert moans throughout this description of Mm adamandeve.com, who is our sponsor for part of the podcast. Cool. Uh. (laughs) Adamandeve.com. 
is an online store for adults to buy toys and gear for their sexual adventures. Uh, Dildos. Uh, strokers. Oh. See, I am actually doing kegels right now, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I am going to have an orgasm right here. Mm-hmm. Okay, vibrating cock rings. Uh, playful sex games. Uh, and cushions to prop up your partner for new sex positions. They're all available online at their website, adamandeve.com. When you use promo code SEXPOD at checkout, Uh. they'll sweeten the deal with 50% off any one eligible item Uh. and ship your fund for free if you live in the U.S. or Canada. Uh. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I didn't stretch before that. No. Um, Me neither. I'm tired. We should figure out a stretch and relaxation pre-Kegel game so that we prep people, then do the workout, then relax. Or what is it called at the end of yoga when you just kind of like lay there? I don't Um, know. Shavasana? Mm. You just kind of like lay there and like relax for a bit. Okay, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, this is real. People can't see it, Mm -mm. but our genitals are going back to homeostasis. Well done, genitals. Slowly. Namaste. Namaste. (laughs) So I have one last question for you. We did an episode on dry humping called Dry Humping Saves Lives, which is why I'm talking with you about it today. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came up from that is how penis-focused it is, Mm -hmm. that it's all of these different types of outer course focused on a penis humping something, Mm -hmm. like the armpit or the neck or the butt cheeks, et cetera. And I thought it would be cool to hear your thoughts on what kind of dry humping is available when there isn't a penis involved. Because mm. has all of your dry humping involved a penis? No. Um, dry humping is definitely a sexual um, expression. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, one of the biggest appeals that gets lost in that, when you add the penis to it or the vagina, um, is just the... The touch, um, mm-hmm. and as a human being, you know, what you're craving to a certain extent, other than, you know, sexual stimulation is, is touch. And that's, that's very important. So the, be, you know, having your chest, um, pressed up against somebody, you know, back or front, mm-hmm. um, is very comforting and, and stimulating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say breath at the same time, the, the breath on your, your neck or your, you know, your face or, you know, the getting your lips and mouth very close to each other and feeling that breath without actually, you know, kissing or or doing those things can be very exciting. Um, I wonder if you're turning everyone on right now. <laughs> I hope, I hope so. But those are, uh, I think with this, with a partner I'm with now and we've, and we've incorporated, you know, now that we can, you know, have intercourse whenever we want to or not, uh, we still incorporate some of those things we did when we could only dry hump. And I think the nose, mm-hmm. uh, nose is fun, like the, you know, mm-hmm. rubbing each other's noses together and um, a sensual kiss on the forehead um, can be very calming and very, you know, there's a connection there that I think is beyond the the penis uh, when you're dry humping. See, I knew you were the perfect person to talk to about this. Yeah. Who should I talk about dry humping with? Dry humping. Michael Beers, of course. Yeah. He's going to be insightful only and thing, entertaining. Only thing drier than my jokes are my humps. 
<laughs> is there a good joke that you want to end on? Um, I should have prepared something, but I don't. I have a a, a joke. Uh, it's my new favorite joke I've heard. Ooh. Lately, um, my sister, my little sister, told it to me, and she loves it. Um, why do mice have tiny balls? I don't know. Because hardly any of them can dance. <laughs> oh, I knew you'd laugh at that, Lindsay. Oh my gosh. It makes me feel like everything in my mind is connected to sex. Yeah. It couldn't possibly be a ballroom ball. No, exactly. Most people don't get it. They don't get it. Or you you get roasted for not being funny. Oh, I, think I like it's, it. I think it's a, yeah, it's my new favorite. Well done to your sister. Yeah. Aw, that's fun. Okay, anything else you would like to say for them to know? Um, no, I mean, thank you for having me on. This is a ton of fun. Oh, thank um, you. And I can't wait to get started on that list of projects, because both of us have an abundance of free time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important. It's mm-hmm. really important to me, and so if I can help you. Yeah, that would mean a lot. I I would love to, and at no cost, I would just like to yeah. make it happen. And um, well, I think the disability yeah. sex revolution is something that we can start together because mm-hmm. it is it's a, uh, a need out there, um, and pro- possibly a uh, a topic for a future podcast. Uh, I think it would be great to have some young people in here and talk about it and invite you on our podcast we do a base podcast let's do it um then we talk about everything in under the sun and movies and topics of the day so i haven't heard it but i'm sure it's hilarious absolutely and insightful we'll trade podcasts that sounds fun but thank you so much Evan. you're so welcome thank you for coming i also want to thank cinema studios for the production i want to thank complexly and count boogie who does our jingles and Cora and Paro, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm.